have a lot of passion for what you're doing. This rings true because it's so hard that if you don't, any rational person would give up. It's really hard, and you have to do it over a sustained period of time. So if you don't love it, and if you're not happy with doing it, sexy version today oh you actually you actually didn't put your shirt i just put my shirt on so welcome to another episode of johnson title podcast a partner of mosh pit nation i am joined as always now i'm gonna use that wayne's world thing to death uh by daniel terry how are you doing this week i am doing fantastic i would assume so uh... you got a new hopes fall record in the mail oh my god yes i did (laughs) (laughs) and it is awesome it is pink and purple very metal right I thought it was, is this, I, are you joking? I thought it was pink and like uh, silver or like metallic color, like a gray. It's, it's uh, on on the order it says purple and, or no, I think it says black and pink. Okay. But the center isn't really black, so I don't know if like the black didn't mix well with the pink, but it definitely looks purple. So like a purple center, you know, <laughs> with a, it looks like a, like a, like, I don't know, like some kind of pastry <laughs> <laughs> fair enough yeah, yeah i uh it's always funny how that happens uh we at works uh, for those who may not have caught on i work at a screen printing factory and uh we got some tie-dye custom tie-dye shirts in the other day and the box said burgundy the paperwork inside said uh maroon and when i opened it it is more red <laughs> so i was like i don't know what the fuck this is but uh i go working at this job has taught me i apparently don't know shit about colors <laughs> colors are very subjective unless you're iced tea right then he has a very fair stance on uh which which uh side of the colors thing he stands on for sure that's an old school hip-hop reference for some of those who, who may be too young or don't care we need to get uh we need to get him on the podcast i mean i'm working on it i'm working all right all right. Speaking of the podcast, though, uh, we made the news with the Blasco episode, thanks to Blasco. Yeah, holy shit. I was just randomly on Twitter. Well, I guess it was yesterday, right? Yeah. And uh, I saw, like, Twitter five minutes ago, and then they were like, it, the headline was like, you know, how does a band manager um, deal with a situation like Tim Lambesis? And believe it or not, I didn't associate that headline with what we had talked about immediately. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, cool. Well, they, I guess they've got like they're they've got the Azalee dying manager on, and they're interviewing him about you know how he's handling." Like, you know what I mean? So I clicked on it, you know, because I was like, "Oh, oh, hell yeah!" You know, I want to read that. And then I was like, "Oh, oh shit!" And then they were like, "Yeah, they're like Rob Blasco <laughs> from." Uh, <laughs> You know, from uh, Ozzy Osbourne band, Rob Zombie, you know, talks about, you know, what he would do as a successful manager on John's Untitled Podcast. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that. Uh, I can't believe that they're running that. And it, no, it's awesome. And as always with Blabbermouth, the comment section was my source of entertainment for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the comment section, you know, and the funny thing, and we, we kind of spoke to this, is the fact that nobody... <laughs> Typically, I always assume that the the comments are going to be like, oh my god, this dude's voice is so annoying, or he asks stupid fucking questions, or, you know, whatever. And none of that ever happens. Uh, It's always, surprisingly, very much focused on the 
the actual content, the headline, the the you know the interview that the thing that the person themselves said. Uh, you know, I, and very much something to what I said in our you know prequel uh <laughs> over on discography discussion the whole thing about Esley dying a lot of people made the same comments i was making so it, it feels kind of nice to be vindicated in the comments to something that nobody else heard but you know when people are like ozzy tried killing sharon and she forgave him and he has a career look at vince neal he literally killed someone drunk driving the singer razzle from uh hanoi rocks you know all these things and all these different examples of other musicians and other people doing something and it's like why is tim for no pun intended get lambasted uh for what he did uh i maybe have been sitting on that one subconsciously um and it's one of those things where you know i see all these people making the same points that you know i i maybe shittily made on your podcast but you know it's it's interesting that it's still such a hot button issue because like we have said and, and like has been said a bunch this is just an unprecedented circumstance like especially in the metal community. I mean, not necessarily because we just pointed out a handful of examples, but I think, like, really the biggest, like, holy shit scandal we've had is really Ian Watkins. Well, in the in the internet age, yeah. yeah. You've, got, you've got Ian Watkins, Tim Limbeses. That's it. That's it, you know. Uh, I mean, Randy Blythe to a lesser extent, but, like, he didn't, like, actually do anything wrong. <laughs> so yeah. that. Um, but yeah, no. What I liked about that episode of discography discussions, I felt like all views on the matter were represented. You know. Yeah. And uh, that that was what was cool about that is we had yours. You were you were playing the you were basically like the defense attorney. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And uh, and me and me and Jeff were the prosecutors. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, and it's weird. I mean, my opinion on it has has changed a bit since it's all come out. Since watching the watching the videos and stuff and. I'm not still like, you know, I'm not wearing the shirt and drinking the flavor aid, but I am um you know, I'm 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 willing to to see how things go, you know. It, it is it is very testament to the idea of as long as you put out a rock and metal album and people like it, then you're probably fine. <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. And that seems to kind of be the case with all of this. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely interesting though to to see uh to see that. And uh you know, it got a lot of text messages from people and I was like, you know, it's funny cuz we were kind of shocked by it and you know, the fact that we posted the episode on a Sunday and then, you know, Friday uh as yesterday as of the time we're recording, it, you know, makes news and it's almost like a full week had gone by. So like you and I are prepping for, you know, this this interview with uh Lejean from Seven Dust. Uh and kind of not even thinking about what we've already done you know we're moving forward and then so it's kind of interesting just to see it pop up and you're like oh yeah that that happened <laughs> right like i said i wasn't even thinking about it whenever i clicked on the clicked on the article i you know it's just like oh okay cool uh, there was a part of me at first that before i realized that it was our stuff being reposted that i was like i kind of feel like we had a similar conversation about that you know <laughs> yeah uh prior to this and then to see that oh okay it it is our conversation okay <laughs> you know yeah that was pretty cool yeah, and uh, kind of shifting gears a little bit to our, our guest this week, uh, as the aforementioned uh, Lejean Witherspoon. You know, it was kind of, it's been kind of interesting. You know, I know we have, uh, when we did the Louder Than Life Festival thing, you know, we talked about, you know, Seven Dust kind of being a band that should be a bigger band than they are. And it's, it's still kind of weird. You know, they just put out a new record, I Am War. 
or I see war all the time. That was what it was called. Um, yep. I see war all the time, and it's it's a really good record. It's got a lot of hooks. It kind of reminds me of something that probably would have been for me like in the era of the the Holmes animosity and seasons like it sounds like it's like somewhere like would have been recorded somewhere in that same time frame like it's aggressive it's got hooks it's the seven dust that you know you you come to love over the the last fuck almost two decades now or over two decades and you know it's just it's it's so weird to know that this band you know is is a, a band's band everyone loves them everyone gives them props for you know being one of the forefathers of like the odd time signature thing but still you know it's almost like they're the the great the grandfathers of metalcore really if you think about it maybe um they (laughs) definitely uh they definitely brought some energy you know uh when they first busted out uh onto that onto that metal scene you know in the late late 90s you know and i think you like i said on louder than life i think seven dust really needed to be higher i was like man why not seven dust why is seven dust not the headliner on all of this i mean goddamn they've earned it you know (laughs) like they've They've put in the late nights. They've put it all in. You know, they've done more, I think, than most bands that came out around the same time they did have done. Yeah. And because it's one of those, like, there's not a whole lot of sure things in this world. But I guarantee if you book Seven Dust and you fill up a venue, it's a sure thing. Yeah. You know, and that you really can't say that with a lot of bands, even even much more popular bands than Seven Dust, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 been very interesting to to kind of see the progression of the band over the years. And the other thing too that I always I always like, and you know, I made the comment about it in the in the interview, is you know the band's not afraid to take out completely different bands, bands they like, bands that you know to some degree maybe, you know, that younger band that's hungrier and, and wants it more than a band that's kind of established. And I'm not saying Seven Dust you know goes out there and rests on their laurels at all, but what I'm more saying is that you know. In the day and age where a lot of bands, when they do package tours, play it safe with like, okay, we know this band's going to bring people, but you know, like we know that we offer something that they don't and can't, uh, and so you, you know, you're kind of playing it safe, and and or you know, if you're on the arena level, you kind of neuter the band in front of you, so that way they don't. So by the time you as the headliner come on, it's like, oh my god, this sounds so amazing. And it's right. like, well, there's little gimmicks like, oh, you can't go past a certain volume level, so that when we when we play, we sound much better. Um, so I mean, like, there's all those tricks, and you know, Seven Dust doesn't do that. They don't they don't neuter any of the bands they bring out. They just want to honestly provide the best show that they can for their fans and fans of the other bands. And it's really commendable in this day and age when everyone seems so worried about their own integrity or not integrity, their own image. Yeah, and I think Seven Dust hasn't really ever been an image band. Like, there's no gimmick to Seven Dust. It's one of those, like, hey, do you like heavy, aggressive music that you're going to remember when you're done listening to it? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, then then why do you not own every Seven Dust album? You know what I mean? It's just one of those, like, they, they bring it on a level that I think a lot of bands that make more money than them bring it, and it's really sad to see that, unfortunately, with the way the music scene is now, even the way it was back then if you're not using those little tricks by like neutering the band in front of you or, you know, keeping a percentage of whatever their merch sales are, (laughs) you know, during that, during the tour and all that stuff. If you're not, if you're not, um, being the biggest dick in the room, you know, um, you don't necessarily get a trophy for being good guys. (laughs) Right. And, um, I think that's, I think that's probably part of what what it is. I mean, it just sucks seeing some of these names of bands that they've taken out on tour that have just gotten bigger over time, you know, and and it seems like Seven Dust kind of, um, they've always been, you know, 
people have always been aware of of Seven Dust and 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 love them, but I just kind of feel like they have fallen into the fallen between the cracks a little bit. Yeah, and it's really sad to see such a thing happen to a band that's so good. But I mean, you know, with some of these other bands calling it a day, maybe this. <laughs> really fucking weirdly maybe you know with the slayers leaving and and some of these other bands kind of getting moved up from like the the quote-unquote mid card to kind of use a wrestling term you know you're gonna see a seven dust who sort of is that mid card player but then in some instances is kind of like you know the the opening of the thing like a lower tier band maybe with slayers and the aussies and a lot of these other older legacy bands kind of calling it a day Maybe this will be the era in the next, you know, year or two where we'll see Seven Dust finally start getting that big push to where they're going to be, you know, really higher up on these festivals and really start making a bigger impact on the on the music scene. Well, yeah, and on um on Blasco's podcast, he was talking about that a little bit in regards to the whole Slayer thing, like all these all these really big name arena bands that are calling it a day. He asked, or he asked somebody recently and i don't remember exactly i don't remember who he was who he was asking because i listened to all those in like three days i think it was um, the uh the it was tim Bohr from uh the guy who like basically has everybody under his roster for booking bands right um and he said you know once the slayers are gone and the metallicas are gone and the iron maidens are gone and all that they're like who who are the bands that are going to step up and take those spots you know and um from a musical perspective, totally. I mean, Seven Dust is that band that can still bring the crowd, can still have a sound that's not polarizing for people. It's not that I want to say that, like, oh, it's an easy listen, like it's a bad thing, but it's more like, you know, people that aren't necessarily on board with, you know, a, 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 a cow with its throat cut screaming the whole time stuff, you know, like those bands are not going to enter the arenas for another 20, 30 years, you know. But um, a band like Seven Dust is, you know, they've they've got the commercial appeal while still bringing the heaviness that the metal fans like. And I think they very much, you know, could be top contender for that. Um, they just have to get a little bit more traction in the in the album sales and, and all that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. And speaking of panning out, we are going to get into my conversation with Lejean Witherspoon. But before we do that, we have a show sponsor this week, and it is the guys in Foxbat. And they wanted me to play their song Slow Strut again. So this is Slow Strut by Foxbat, and then my interview with Lejean Witherspoon. And we'll be back to talk to you after that.
So I have the pleasure this afternoon of taking my lunch break with Lejean Witherspoon, a sentence I don't think I ever thought I would utter. How are you doing today? Oh, fantastic, man. Oh, come on. You make me feel good, but it's a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> so you guys just put out a record about a month ago, All I See Is War. Uh, the reception seemingly has been really good. Uh, is that a, a fair assessment? I think so, man. You know, it's exciting. Uh, All I See Is War came out May 11th, and uh, we were able to go in and actually do uh, three videos for it, so that was really fun to do. Uh, with signing a new record deal with Rise Records, which, thank the Lord, that came about, and and then also, on top of that, working with Elvis Bassett, a friend, a brother that we've been wanting to work with for years. So it, it kind of, kind of, everything kind of seemed like it was aligning right for us on this album. And, and uh, yeah, I'm happy. Everyone seems to be happy about it. You know, in speaking to Rise Records, you know, you guys had released the last few records on your own through Seven Brothers, I believe it's Records. Um, but what made you want to choose Rise, and does actually working with a label that's kind of known for having younger bands kind of reignite a fire under you guys to kind of have that hunger again of a newer band? Yeah, good question, man. Rise Records came in hot. They just they came in, they're fresh. The idea, to me, they, the, the social media finger thing was just, just on, you know, just... Uh, it's something I felt like an avenue that we really needed. Also, all of us felt like we really needed this avenue. And, uh, you know, we were acting like a, a fit for Seven Dust. And they didn't want to change anything about us, you know, because we, we, they, they felt like, I feel like they felt like it ain't broke. We can get ready to try to fix it. So you guys see what y'all do. And how about us be behind you? And uh, we'll put this thing in motion. And, man, it's been great ever since. And uh, I feel very proud to be a part of Rise. And, I hope and expect more even big things with them in the future. So, yeah, it's exciting to have to, to be a part. And then, Dan, think about this. I never thought that bands got signed anymore. So we're like, shit, we're going to You know, wow, we're getting a record deal again? It's crazy. You know, it, it, in the 20-some-odd years that the band has been around, how much has the industry changed? I mean, like I said just a couple of seconds ago, you know, you guys had kind of self-released the last few records when you're kind of looking to get back into the game of going with another label, were you kind of surprised at how much it changed from the last time you were working with a label on putting out something? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Man, when you think about it, we signed a record deal when I was 21 years old. I'm 45 years old now. So it was a <laughs> lot. Yeah, it was so, you know, back then, you know, we didn't really care about anything except for signing a record deal you know business who cares? oh we don't know anything about business we signed a record deal okay we, we made it we right. made it oh god yes yeah, this dinner is great thinking you know we we're paying for it you know no we, we actually yes we you guys they weren't paying for it even though we thought they were we were paying for it. we had to pay all that stuff back but uh right it was a. Uh, but you know what man it was a fun exciting experience back then to be signed and to to, to you know to do it but if, any, if there's any advice i could give anyone what i'm trying to get down to is uh we had to learn to be businessmen in this industry and i uh if there's anyone out there a man woman whatever gender you are in this industry, you have to to know and keep your keep, stay true to the art but also know a little bit about your business and know a whole lot about your business so you know uh and that's something that we had to learn the hard way but thank the lord that it uh it happened and uh you know we became businessmen so uh, it, it helped out a lot you know and also speaking to the the band's legacy at this point, it's really interesting that, you know, with this record and the last handful, you know, you guys have had all the original members back that you started with. I can't really think of many bands, really. Maybe not. Nah, Korn doesn't even have that. I was going to say that have the original members still. Like, 
I feel like that speaks a lot to really the brotherhood of the band as a whole and, and the consistency that the band has been able to put out, you know, record in and record out. Have you guys really ever thought about just, you know, the fact that you are one of the few bands that are still going with all the original members currently? No, I think that's awesome. Maybe we could get awarded Golden Gods or something finally just for at least <laughs> that category. Or, I'm sorry, I don't. No, you gotta say I said that. I, was, I, yeah, I just, I just threw a little shade. I didn't mean to do that, man. I'm, <laughs> no, man, no, I've never thought about. It. You know what? Yes, we. I've thought about the fact that we've definitely been a band for a long time. Uh, actually, after that last press run I did with my cousin Kevin uh, in New York, we were. And it was along the, the the weekend that they were going out to do the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and stuff. And we were trying to figure out how long we had been abandoned. It's been 20-something dang years. And it's uh, it's definitely been a cool cool ride. And what a pleasure to still be able to talk to you about being relevant in the music business. It's crazy. What is it that keeps you guys going when a lot to, to make new material when a lot of people in your position would probably be more apt to rest on their laurels and, and the back catalog? I don't know, man. I think, uh, well, I got the fight still in us, man. We still got stuff to do, you know. There's still music to be done. There's still faces to be melted. It's still places <laughs> to go that haven't been, you know, there's still places to go that haven't been touched and people to, to grow with. And I, I feel like with Rise Records, and this, it's like kind of a new beginning, even though it's been a long time, but it's still, it feels new again and it feels exciting and in a, and, uh, it, it, it's really good, and like even before, even if it wasn't this, it, it, it's still there's still stuff to be done. You know, there's still people excited about music, and uh, if we're able to to help that, uh, then we're here to do that. You know, it's interesting being a almost in my mid 30s now myself, thinking about the band's legacy as far as touring. Like, you know, growing up and being in high school in the the early 2000s, and looking at a lot of the bands you took out over the years you know you guys always took you weren't afraid to take out bands whether they were necessarily in your same vein and i kind of have wondered you know in light of this clutch tour that you guys announced uh, in the last couple of weeks do you think that do you think that the the willingness to kind of go out on you know slightly odd tours and kind of growing your fan base with newer people and demographics, do you think that's what kind of has kept you ever present over these 20 years? Well, I would hope so, man. I, 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 love, I love the fact that we're able to, to say, hey, man, we may, we got to change the set. We can't, you know, we can't melt all the faces tonight. We got to throw Angel Fun in there and, you know, a little Christmas Day and slow it down. You know, so, and, you know, it depends on the bands we're playing with. Yeah, so I think that's a great thing to be able to do is to, to not just keep it pigeonholed and be like, you know, ah, you know, we can go and, and, and then play with one of the heaviest bands and then also go and play with somebody that's, you know, only a radio band. So it's uh, that's one. Yeah, I think that's that has helped us a lot. You know, I think that's a, that's a good thing. I love to be able to, to, you know, do the heavy, heavy songs and then be out there and, and do the songs that only sing. And, you know, it's, it's a good thing to be able to, to be a part of. You know, speaking to the vast touring that you have done over these years, I, I mean, I say this and it sounds... I think it's a pretty well-known fact in the in the industry that you know you guys have taken out some bands that have as openers and they've gone on to just skyrocket, you know, and you know bands like Stained and Disturbed and Kid Rock and you know all these bands that are you know still at the arena levels and so forth. 
and you know it kind of made me wonder <laughs> since you seemingly know how to pick bands that are just destined for you know greatness have you ever thought about kind of segueing into maybe like an A&R uh, position eventually <laughs> oh yeah I'd definitely love to like to, to, to probably help out artists and stuff in the future when I'm too old to, to rock it but <laughs> yeah definitely I've always felt like I would be able to do that well uh but yeah, something definitely, definitely will always be in uh, the fold for me to continue to be in the music industry some type of way. If it's be with my children or working with other kids or you know other bands or something like that, I always like to do something like that for sure, brother. Where do you? Because seemingly, you know, a lot of bands, like I can think of even like, you know, Howard Jones and, and Jamie Josta, you know, would try to do the band thing in addition to managing bands or, or running a small label or whatever. Have you kind of given the thought of doing that or do you think it's just not really fair to either you or the bands that you're not able to give 100% of your time to either project? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not really trying to manage any bands right now or like that. <laughs> just, I'm, trying to, <laughs> I'm still trying to manage, trying to manage seven of us in my life. No, I'm, no, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I can give definitely advice and, uh, you know, I definitely have a couple of bands that I do advise and, and talk with, but it's nothing that's on paper or anything like I'm, you know, I'm managing you. I've had a couple of people ask me to manage him, and I'm like, "You're yeah, right. I'm not doing that." It sounds like <laughs> the same guy. It sounds. It's. It kind of makes me feel like the guy, my brother, that keeps beating me down about marrying him and his girl. And I'm like, "Listen, <laughs> I get that you guys met us at a Seven Dust show. I love you. I love you. But the way I've grown up." I just don't feel like I can go online and you buy me this thing and I'm an ordained <laughs> minister and I and you fly me to your wedding and it's LJ from well it's Lejean Witherspoon but everybody else is LJ from Seven Us just married them. I don't feel this real. I mean, <laughs> you do. Everybody else does. I'm not a preacher. Sorry, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm getting ready to do a, I'm getting ready to do a Jaeger shot right after we do this. I don't know if that's the right <laughs> thing to do. I just. I mean, I did three before I married you. Is that cool? I mean, this is, I don't know. <laughs> it's like it's kind of funny you say that. I'm, I'm sure. Have you? I'm sure you guys have had wedding proposals done during your sets. You know, I think we've had that maybe twice. I can I can count on my hands how many times that's happened. You know, because a lot of times you get requests to do that, and then you know, sometimes you don't know the people. But everyone, I think maybe twice. So that's happened. You know, we've been able to make that happen for someone, but. Me marrying somebody, that's still, I'm still kind of very, I hadn't returned his call yet. I don't know what to say besides no. <laughs> I, told you, I told you a long time ago and it made me feel weird. Why you keep asking me? Now he's beating down my wife. Hey, can he do it? <laughs> I mean, it's, no. I think it's it's definitely an honor. I know like uh, one of your yes, old, it is, uh, yes, it is. One of your old tour mates in Wilson, I had Chad when they still were kind of a local band. Uh, they were good friends wow. of my wife and I, and I had him when he still would use the bass drum uh, proposed to my wife. But it was funny because he was calling mm -hmm. me up like the week before the show, and he's like, okay, well, how do you want to do it? What are we doing? I go, I don't want to do that cheesy, like, make it all about me thing. Like, literally, it's the end of your set. So, like, just come out in the crowd, do it. I'll put the ring on the finger. No one will hear me. And then, like, literally, it doesn't detract from the show, so, like, everyone can tear down <laughs> and do that oh, and just keep awesome. going. And uh, it was funny because when you guys had just last rolled around uh, with them and Crowbot, he was like, yeah, we did a radio interview and uh, I brought that up because someone asked if we had ever, you know, been a part of a proposal or anything. So it was kind of funny that I was like, yeah, I'm one of the first to do that. But I also made it not about me at the same time because I was like, this is already embarrassing enough and like really nerve wracking. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want any more attention on me than there needs to be. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Oh, I see you tight with Wilson. I love it, man. Those guys are my brothers. Uh, that, that's so, and I love their new stuff, man. Congratulations to those guys. Tell Chad I love it. Yeah. Kind of speaking of uh, – that's not really a good segue. I don't really know how to segue into that <laughs> from here. Um, but, you know, kind of something I've always found interesting about your band uh, as a whole is that, you know, everyone writes. Uh, I can't think of another band where literally you have four or five dudes who all contribute uh, music in some way, shape, or form. But, you know, recently Clint has been going out and, you know, doing the thing with Seether. I know he was writing with uh, Chris and all those dudes in Probot recently. And, you know, just kind of working with a lot of different artists. Have you ever thought about you know, you guys bringing in somebody else? Uh, I mean, even with, you know, all of you, have you ever thought about just kind of bringing someone else and shaking things up a little bit? Uh, what do you mean, as far as Clint, when he leaves? No, I mean, just in general, like, when you guys are writing, have you ever thought about bringing somebody else into the fold and just kind of being like, hey, you know, let's get out of our comfort zone a little bit and see maybe what somebody oh, yeah, else would have? Well, that's why we brought Elvis Vassetta in this time, because we, we hadn't had a producer or anybody in years for as far as seven us and so that was a big step for us and that was something we really wanted to do is to bring him in and to work with him as far as his his writing ability his guitar technique his vocal ideas i mean it was great to have him come in so yeah we're, we're open to that and that's what that's the reason we did this album with Elvis because we were open to that has anyone reached out to you to actually have you come in and and write on some stuff with them Oh, yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I've done several. I've done several little side things, and uh, actually, I'm still uh, in the making on working on some more of my own uh, solo stuff. So uh, I'm excited about that too. What is there a potential time frame of when maybe we can see something from that? Well, you know, I put a song out on iTunes called "Love Song" that uh, you know some people seem to dig. It was a little different side of what I do, and I, I don't know. I know that I'll be doing some writing with a very uh, well-known singer in the rock world that I. Uh, really admire that i think a lot of people will be excited about it. i can't say no more than that but <laughs> we've been wanting to we've been doing we've been wanting to do some music for a long time so uh, we're going to make that happen and it'll be uh uh with my solo stuff so yeah just in the future here not too long but you know when the seven dust ship starts slowing down a little bit taking on a little water you know <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, we kind of talked quite a bit about the band's legacy and being around for as long as you have. You know, toward the end of, I think it was the end of last year, you guys did some shows with Crowbot, actually, where you did a, the 20-year anniversary tour or shows. You know, home next year uh, turns 20. Is there any plans to honor that record in its entirety and maybe, you know, take that out around the, you know, a touring cycle at all? Well, just announced, I guess, about a week and a half ago or last week or so, we announced that we're going to be doing three shows in Atlanta uh, up to New Year's. And on New Year's, we'll do the home album in its entirety in home in Atlanta. Uh, you know, hence Atlanta home. <laughs> right. <we> started. <laughs> I just didn't know if outside yeah, of those three shows, if it, there was a, a demand maybe where, you know, promoters are kind of reaching out going like, hey, you know, if you guys wanted to bring this to insert whatever, you know, or even maybe do – trying to give i think it was like hate breed you know this past year where they did you know satisfaction and perseverance and then basically like would also throw in other hits you know the normal hits throughout the rest of the set and kind of play it'll be, yeah it'll be a fun three days man and we'll be in atlanta so it's cool uh family's looking forward to it we'll get down there and probably try to get a big old airbnb everybody stay in and you know be able to go back to the house and hang out and, and make it a fun family trip and bring in a new year you know so kind of what 
my last questions, and if you don't want to answer this, that's fine. This is just something that's been kind of oh, om- omnipresent for me the last uh, probably month or so, just kind of been wrestling with it as a fan and, and just kind of thinking about this. But, uh, you know, Atlanta is known for kind of, as of late recently, being more of like a hip-hop mecca. Like, you know, a lot of artists yeah. get, get made there. You know, the whole thing about the strip club dude, the DJ, I can't think of his name. Oh, yeah. You know, breaking artists and so forth. Lil Don, Lil Don and all them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, in light of, you know, just kind of how the rap scene seemingly, like, that's the lifeblood down there in Atlanta, this whole Kendrick Lamar thing that happened uh, about, a, what was it, about a month and a half ago now or so. What happened? Okay, so he was at this festival in, I believe it was Alabama, and uh, he was, like, headlining, doing his show, and he pulled a white woman up on stage to perform with him for this song. Oh. And so she oh, okay. sang along, and then he kind of cut her off and was like, yo, you can't use that word and so the word that i used in the song yes and kind of put her on the spot in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people and then so they Mm -hmm. tried to redo it and she did it again and you know it's just kind of like you know nervous and all that kind of stuff and it's kind of made me wonder though as as a result of that as someone who likes all kinds of genres of music you know it's Mm -hmm. created this thing where it just makes me wonder as an artist to your fan, does that set a a precedence where you're kind of admitting, like, well, this demographic of my fans can appreciate my music into its fullest extent, and these other ones cannot? Or I, you know, I wow, that's very, very, very wow. You really, you really got deep on me with that one. Uh, <laughs> now, wow. Uh, it's just one of those things where I think, like, I... it creates it. It's for me. It's because when I talk about it to my friends and when I've talked about it with other different people on this podcast, everyone is seemingly like, well, no, she shouldn't have said it. However, and then everyone has, goes like 50-50 with it where it's like, okay, well, yeah, I don't know. And like everyone's kind of on the fence about it. But right. my thing is that I feel like from art, like as artists to their fans, I feel like in light of this, maybe we kind of need to figure out how to to figure this out. Like there, it's a talking point at this right. point. So I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking well, what, out loud. What, what, what... What a great, what a great uh, subject to talk about. Now, the, the way I look at it is, I don't say the word anyway. Period. Point blank. Uh, I have friends that I know that are in the industry in that rap game that use it the second nature. You know, uh, uh, I, I don't. Und- I, 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 I see. Mm, I, you got me. In a, <laughs> you're back. I feel like I got to come out fighting. No, I, I, I don't understand. Speaking of, for, for me personally, if even. If I were able to get on this, this is me. All right, let's. I'm telling this from my point of view, and I'm not talking about the, the white girl that was on stage. If I was on the stage with Kendrick and was rapping with that song, and that word came about, I wouldn't myself feel comfortable saying it, and I probably would say it. As well as sometimes when I'm in front of a crowd, no matter who it is, and if I see a child. Um, and there might be a cuss word in one of my songs. I'll, I'll refrain from saying it, if that makes sense. So I think there's a time and a place sometimes to do things. Um, that's just me. Uh, I don't know how I would have handled that. I don't like that. I don't think that I would want anyone to say that, you know. And, and so if that makes sense, I'm kind of, I don't know if I even answered the damn question or not. I'm kind of kind of skating around it. I feel like, uh, I feel like I would have, I wouldn't have said it if I were her. And I'm black. How about that? <laughs> right. It not just saying, also creates this thing. That that's and, 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 and that word is not saying it's a word, just that it's an ignorant person, period, the word. But I would, 
I wouldn't say it. So I have kids, you know what I mean? I have <laughs> people that I have that I have to look up to daddy and daddy saying that I don't think that I want to see my kids saying anything like that or anything negative, uh, negative towards any race. You know, uh, I don't care if you're purple, you know, I'm not going to say anything. So that's where I stand on it. Yeah. It's just interesting. Like, you know, the it's other thing too. She's probably with her girlfriend saying it. It would probably be a little weird. You know, right. Throw past bunch of girls in a car and they're singing that Kendrick Lamar song. <laughs> it was just kind of interesting too like because then the flip side is yeah, everyone's like maybe Kendrick shouldn't have like kind of put her on the spot like that like is it did he set yeah, her up to fail and it's just like huh there's just like yeah, so many exactly. layers to it maybe, so it's just like you know maybe take the mic away from her mouth right right you know, <laughs> you know I don't know you know she likes the music she bought the damn album obviously she yeah. money in that pocket <laughs> yeah anyway um, I hear you I hear you bro so kind of in, in wrapping up uh Looks, I'll be seeing you guys at Incarceration Festival here in a couple of weeks. I know it used to be Ink in the Clink, and now it's kind of gone under a rebrand. How are you guys looking forward to playing alongside uh, a lot of the bands you guys are playing with at that? I, well, first off, I look forward to seeing all my friends out there. I love a lot of the bands that are, we're jamming with, and I can't wait to get to this creepy spot. What a good idea. Uh, tattoos, uh, crazy prison, and all the cool bands. Uh, it should be fun, man. So uh, it's my kind of spot. I look forward to seeing everybody and talking to you and uh, catching up. And then lastly, I always like to end these uh, episodes out to a song. So what would you like me to play it out to and maybe give me a little backstory on it? doesn't have to be one of your songs either if you don't want it to Oh, be. no, I want you to play one of our songs. I want you to play our song, Sickness, because uh, that was one of the first songs that uh, came out uh, on All I See Is War, and I, I really like that song a lot. I just I removed myself from the album after we do it, and I just recently uh, – started listening to it and today i took a ride in uh one of my rides and i listened to that song i really liked it and no one's asked me that question and you just asked me and i just thought about that so (laughs) awesome and then uh where can the band or where can people find you uh across the socials you and the band uh seven dust official and i'm yeah i guess yeah and i'm lj spoon on uh, Instagram. That's what I do. I, a picture says a thousand words, so I'll take a picture. And, you know, like it. I don't like no drama, you know, no trolls or whatever they call them, catfish or dogfishes or whatever you guys are. <laughs> well, fair enough. Thank you again, Lejean, for taking the time to talk to me this afternoon, and uh, I will see you in a couple weeks at Incarceration Fest. All right. All right. Peace, brother. We'll see you guys soon. Peace. So that was our chat with Lejean Witherspoon of Seven Dust. Dan, what did you think of that? Yeah, it's cool, man. I'm glad that uh, you guys were able to do it. Um, seemed like it was kind of a middle of the day type <laughs> type of deal, and so uh, no, it was it was cool that that he had the time to talk with you guys. You guys talked for a good, not uh, about a good twenty five thirty minutes. Yeah, uh, it was basically most of my lunch break. Uh, I had a liquid lunch, uh, considering of a Gatorade, <laughs> electrolytes. Yeah. I, I figured it'd be rude if you could just hear me munching on my food, and even though it's my lunch break, I figured people wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't really be too stoked that I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm working in a sweatbox warehouse, and uh, I still need to eat my food. <laughs> That's all right. On an episode of Discography Discussion one time, I ate an entire um, Burger King, like Big, Big King bacon value meal. <laughs> I mean, the soda and everything. I mean, you could hear... <laughs> <laughs> the, the slurping and everything. I mean, it was great. Uh, what'd you think of a uh, show sponsor, Foxbat? Oh man, they're awesome. Like I've uh, I've been checking them out since I came on the show. You're like, hey, you know, you need to listen to these guys, and uh, I did, and uh, they're they're a lot of fun. Um, yeah, they're not too far from where you guys are. 
No, no, not at all. Yeah, uh, so if you like that, they have a new album coming out. It's called Rock Gut. Uh, it's going to be out August 3rd on Core Sample Records. Uh, the record was also produced by Jordan Haynes of Artifacts Pareo. And you can pre-order that record uh, on CD, and it'll be on vinyl. Dan, I know you and I are both big on vinyl, so oh yeah, perhaps uh, we will snag that up. Uh, you can pre-order the album over at foxbatmusic.com. want to thank them again for coming on as a show sponsor. Uh, you will see them on another episode upcoming uh, with another new song uh, off of the record. So go support those dudes because they support this podcast. And... Uh, yeah, you know, I, it was funny when I was uh, emailing Clay, the dude who set up the, the sponsorship for these episodes, it, it finally dawned on me who they sound like to me. And it may not be the most, like, in your face, like, oh, there it is, uh, band, but it's actually seamless, if you remember them. Uh, Jesse Leach's old band after he left Killswitch. Oh, okay. Wow. What were they called? Um, seamless. I know. I'm Seamless. Okay, I don't know. I was thinking of something else. He he was in another band that Corinne. um it was some kind of like progressive bullshit. Um like concept <laughs> albums. I can't remember what it was called though. Um well, Okay. Did Times of Grace with Adam D. Yeah, that's that's different though. Um Oh well, it, it's going to come to me as soon as we're done. I'm sure. Uh, that's how it but, always uh, happens. Yeah. But yeah, but so yeah, I remember it was like a big concept album about like society and shit. <laughs> But yeah, so big thanks to uh, to the guys over in Foxbat. Again, if you like them, go check out uh, them. Pre-order the record, Rock Gut, coming out August 3rd, and uh, foxbatmusic.com. And, you know, the other thing that's been kind of fun, too, about uh, since doing the Seven Dust interview is just, you know, really getting to their new record, uh, All I See Is War, seeing that, you know, they're starting to, like, they're playing uh, Incarceration Fest this weekend, and... Uh, you know, I'm just really looking forward to seeing the band live again. I think uh, this record kind of gives them, you know, and the last couple of that they put out, and, you know, we kind of talked about it, is, you know, they self-released their last couple of records. And to see them, you know, on Rise Records, Rise Records is really good at getting their bands out there, giving them good tour support. And it'll be interesting to see if it ends up kind of being an all-Rise Records tour or if they're going to kind of – just how they're going to handle this. Like if it's going to be seven dust business as usual, they have fun bands or if it's going to be, you know, like a bunch of young, like gent bands opening for seven dust. <laughs> Dude, do the kids still play gent? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's kind of rise records, uh, claim to fame. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, it's weird. And like, I liked how you mentioned that in the episode that like, or in the interview that, you know, it's like, so what, what is it like being signed to a label that predominantly only signs new bands, you know, like young bands? And um, his answer was just was just really positive. He said that they were basically foaming at the mouth to sign Seven Dust, you know. It's got to feel damn well should be. Yeah. You know? As I say, it's got to feel really good to be a band that's been active as long as they have. And instead of, you know, a band kind of or a label kind of maybe looking at what you offer as far as your back catalog a label coming to you and probably being excited about what you have to offer them as far as new material. Cause I feel like mm -hmm. maybe that's not always the case. No, no, usually it's not. And you know, it's obvious that, you know, seven dust isn't going to turn into a gent band, you know, <laughs> any, anytime soon. Um, be interesting if they did. Uh, I mean, there's, but... a, there's like little bits of that on this new record, like those like kind of staccato -y type riffs, but I mean, that's, They've always had that. I was going to say, but they've always had that. So, I mean, yeah. like, so we went and just said that, you know, maybe they were the prototype for, for what would become Metalcore. Are we now on record as saying that maybe they are the prototype for what would become Gent as well? 
possibly. Um, <laughs> I think Seven Dust is just a band that pulled from what was heavy at the time when they when they formed, and they've they've perfected that over the years. Um, and I think that you know I think it's cool that they are still putting out new records. Um, they're definitely a band that, you know, whenever I tell people, oh, yeah, you listen to the new Seven Dust record, they're like, oh, they're still around? Well, fuck yeah, they're still around. They're probably somewhere near us right now. Like, one of the, you know, <laughs> one of the hardest working bands out there. So, like, you know, um, I think being signed to a label like Rise Records is really going to give them promotion and actually introduce them to people that don't necessarily know about Seven Dust. I think when they signed to Rise, they were probably exposed to a lot of new fans. Yeah. Yeah, I would actually really agree with that people that aren't our age you know what i mean (laughs) i'm uh i'm also interested to see if they end up doing and you know i asked him flat out like is there potential to do a full-on tour behind you know the anniversary tour of home and he's like yeah you know we're doing the the atlanta shows the hometown shows and i was like well that's not exactly what i asked i asked are you going to do a tour because there obviously is a demand for everyone to see that like whether it be just here in the states or worldwide i'm sure fans of the band would love to have that you know tour around so they can see it and he didn't he didn't really say so i don't know if if that is going to be a thing they plan on doing uh at any point is to kind of you know maybe pull like an every time i die where you play that record and then you like bang out like an encore full of you know six other hits or something and then there's your set yeah, I mean, it's either that or either it's not happening at all or he's just trying to keep tight wraps on it, you know, um, one of the two. Yeah, it's just kind of weird because they're doing those basically at the end of the year. So it's like if there was yeah. if they were going to do it, it seemed like it would be they would do it this year. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know on that. It's uh, But it is cool, uh, cool hearing you talk to him and he just kind of – I just like that's the thing I like the most about about Lejean is that he's not like some of these other guys that are from the old school. Like he had no problem just sitting down and talking with you and and just being, um, you know, like like I talked about earlier or on the Vlasco episode about you know bands from older school being a little bit less game on you know doing podcasts and interviews and stuff like that. And it's just nice um, hearing hearing a band that's been around such a long time have no problem talking to guys like us and you know uh still being really enthusiastic about everything yeah i uh it's kind of funny you say that uh, last night i went to go see the dudes in light the torch and uh, on the guard tour got an episode with a uh, blothard that i think is going to be pleasantly surprising to a lot of people oh yeah and uh i was hoping to get howard jones on uh while i was there that didn't happen but i'm still optimistic it may happen in the in the future but in hanging out with Mike, uh, a.k.a. Scuzz, who I had on the podcast a little while ago, uh, Ryan Wombacker from Bleeding Through is also their bass player. And Mike and I and Ryan – or Mike Ryan and I, to have correct grammar, uh, went uh, with my wife and got some drinks and some food and such. And we're hanging out and chatting. And toward the end of the day – or at the end of the show, uh, talking with Wombie for a little while, we – you know, the dude was so easy to talk to, has a lot of different, you know, history, obviously, with bleeding through and so forth, and uh looks like we're going to get him on uh in the near awesome. future. So, I mean, that's that's a, a dude that, you know, is able to, you know, mix it up with a lot of different people, has lived a, a very interesting life uh between, you know, the bleeding through and metalcore and, you know, works uh, as a welder and works on, like, bikes and stuff like that, and 
There's a lot yeah. of cool shit to, to to get into, so I was really excited to uh, to get into that, and very much looking forward to seeing your reaction, especially to uh, this Blothar episode, because I, like I said, oh, yeah. I uh, I'll just go ahead and pre tease it now because it's going to come out in two weeks. But uh, I got, I think, as far as I can find, I think I got the second interview with him, not in character. Oh, nice. So nice. Yeah, I know there were some. We we were talking about that throughout the week, like. Is he going to be in character? Is he just going to sit down like two dudes talking, or what? You know, what's the deal? And um, I'm actually kind of glad because of the latter. Yeah. Uh, just because I, you know, I like to I like to know the man behind the makeup, you know, like that sort of stuff, and uh, the man behind the costume, you know, and I, that stuff is just infinitely more interesting to me than than the character. You know, you you get as much as you want to know about the character from listening to Guar, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, we kind of go into the psychology of all of that as well. Um, it's I was, dude couldn't have been nicer, more hospitable. Uh, you know, I was ready to go down the avenue of talking to Blothar the Berserker, but I'm glad I got to talk to Michael Bishop instead. Yeah, two different notebooks full of questions, right? I yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. kind of a you know that's a, that's I think a good place to kind of end it. I gave you a little bit of a tease as to what's to come. Uh, so Dan, where can uh, where can everyone follow you? Uh, you can follow me at, at Discuss Metal Dan uh, on Twitter. You can find uh, my other podcast, Discography Discussion, on Twitter at Discuss Metal and also at DiscussMetal.com. And, uh, yeah, it's been kind of fun that uh, people on Twitter are, are kind of realizing to uh, to actually tweet at both of us in things as opposed to yep. just, just one or the other. So that's been fun. Yeah, it's interesting, yeah. Um, yeah, but if you would like to uh, follow Seven Dust, you can find them pretty much everywhere uh, at Seven Dust. Uh, Facebook and Twitter are just Seven Dust. Uh, their Instagram is Seven Dust Official. If you would like to keep up with Lejean, uh, he is on both Twitter and Instagram under LJ Spoon. If you would like to keep up with our show sponsors, you can find the Bean Bastard Coffee over at the Bean Bastard on Facebook and Instagram, and you can order some coffee from them at their website, thebeanbastard.com. Get you some. There's a lot of cool shit. Uh, as I said last week, they just put out a new blend, uh, the Red Rum, uh, Shining-inspired. And uh, the follow is fun. Uh, you know, their Instagram, he's been posting a lot of fun videos. Uh, it looks like he's having a lot of fun making, literally making the coffee and making these videos. And, you know, it's always fun to see someone that's having fun making their their thing, whatever it happens to be. Um and then speaking of other people making things that are fun, uh, Foxbat, you can find them again at foxbatmusic.com. You can pre-order their record. It comes out August 3rd. Rotgut is the name of it. Uh, you can get it on CD and vinyl, foxbatmusic.com. And if you would like to be a show sponsor, you can email me at johnsontitlepod at gmail.com. And if you would like to follow me across the various socials, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Johnson Title Podcast. Tweet at me at johnsontitlepod. Maybe help me get Ice-T on. Uh, I know he likes a lot of my tweets. Literally anything I tweet where I have him involved in it. He likes it pretty quickly. So maybe we need to get a groundswell movement going. Uh, Ice-T will be here in Grand Rapids in about two weeks from now. Uh, I have literally questions already written up. I, I really am hoping that I can get him on here, even if only for 10 fucking minutes. Uh, so maybe in the next two weeks we really put out uh, a thing. If you're listening to this, go on Twitter. Tweet it. Like I'll probably tweet him like those comment make sure he's involved in it let's try to get this to fucking happen because i i want to be the only other podcast outside of jamie Josta's uh that actually gets iced tea um dude's a fucking living legend and and i think would be amazing to get on this podcast absolutely i mean dude that's that's top of the that's cream of the crop 
I mean, I don't know if you'd like a. Never mind. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, so very much open forward to to that happening. And uh, like I said, a lot of great interviews coming up. Uh, constantly working on bringing great content to you guys. Uh, I want to thank Dan for coming on as the host, uh, taking the time out of uh, getting away from his Hope's Fall record, which he just got. So I know it was. You know, very hard to pry yourself away from that and just not stare at it. I told you I was busy, but you just kept insisting. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that's why I knew I had to get it done now, because before you got lost in the the whole day listening to it. Right. Uh, And we are going to end this episode as we always do. But before we do that, Dan, real quickly, tell people about rating, reviewing, and subscribing. We love five-star reviews here on John's Untitled Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason for that isn't because it inflates our own ego. Somebody doesn't write us a check for $5,000 every time you give us a review. The only reason we ask for reviews and ratings and things like that is we just like to know where we're at, number one. We want constructive criticism, feedback, whatever you want. But if we're your favorite podcast, go on whatever platform you're listening to us right now. Leave us a five-star review. Tell people why you like the podcast. Share with your friends. Let them know what you like about this podcast. And if we're not your favorite podcast and you think there's some things we could be doing better, just let us know. And uh, we are pretty easy to get along with guys. So as long as it's something other than you suck and should go kill yourself, we're pretty much on board to help you out to make our podcast better. You know, in watching Step Brothers last night while at the bar before the show, uh, you know, the Catalina wine mixer scene came on. And Rob Riggle's whole thing of, like, you're fucking killing it right now, but there's something about your face. I just want to smash it. <laughs> and, you know, he's he's going on about that. And it made me think of, you know, rating, reviewing, and subscribing, and, and more so the, the reviews. You can leave me a bad review, but if you tell me, like, I'm killing it, but there's you, you, there's just something about me and you don't know what it is that you just – you don't like and i can't that's not really criticism i can i can you know expound upon and, and make things better but i thought it was very weird how i just correlated Step Brothers to podcast reviews well you know that's but you bring up a good point it's one of those if you don't tell me what i'm doing wrong i can't fix it yeah you know and that's uh that that's the kind of thing we we, we aren't opposed to harsh criticism as long as it is actually criticism you know um, and you know, we'll, we weigh and you know, we, we weigh what we think is valid criticism and what we can do better. And we try, we try better. Um, also one of the biggest things too, is a, a podcast that is highly reviewed has a more likely chance of showing up in search results. Whenever you're searching for a, an interview podcast or a music podcast or a movie podcast or whatever kind of podcast you have, you kind of want to show up quicker in search results in those, in those genres than you know just being in the general market and kind of being out there we're we're past the days of having to look for the content that you want you know right and recommendations are everything now so you're more likely to get recommended a podcast like ours um if it's um if you're reviewing all the ones that you like very true and on that note we won't waste any more of your time so we are going to end this episode as we always do with a song and as you heard Lejean pick at the very end he wanted me to play a newer song off the record so we're going to play this episode out to sickness from seven dust new record all i see is war out now via rise records talk to you next week mm-hmm.